your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 281 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. And so, obviously, quite a bit has happened with the New York Rangers since the last time we talked here. Namely, the team placed Tony D'Angelo on waivers either on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Not sure exactly when it happened. I've seen some conflicting reports there. It didn't become public knowledge until Sunday. But either way, less than 24 hours after a tough 4-3 overtime loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tony D'Angelo did not play well in that game. He was a minus three. He was on the ice for for the Penguins goals that they scored, including the overtime game winner. And there was some miscommunication on that play between himself and Alex Georgiev. Basically, the puck was behind the Ranger net, and D'Angelo was on the ice. I think the other two players on the ice were Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. I will double-check that. But the puck goes behind the Ranger net. D'Angelo goes back to get it. He's looking like he's going to want to try to pick up the puck and basically just skate out the other side. Uh, There's some miscommunication between him and Georgiev, though, because Georgiev went back to play the puck. And as a result of this, the Penguins maintain possession. Less than 10 seconds later, Sidney Crosby buries the game-winning goal. And then we get, according to Rick Carpaniello of The Athletic, there is an altercation in the tunnel between Tony D'Angelo and Alex Georgiev. It sounds like D'Angelo went over to Georgiev and things became physical. And then what we don't know for sure, but there is a little bit of evidence and some speculation that Chris Kreider may have stepped in and punched Tony D'Angelo in the face. And... You know, I'm not a detective or anything like that, but you watch Chris Kreider's post-game press conference, and you could very clearly see on his right hand uh, there was a, a very noticeable bruise on his knuckle there. So, again, we don't know for sure. I mean, it's possible that that's something that could have happened during the course of the game, but you hear all this, you start to put two and two together, and it sounds like that's something that could have happened. And then there's actually another report today that's come out that the player who actually broke up the entire fight was Ke'Andre Miller. So... Yeah, I don't even know where to start here. we got a lot to do here today. Uh, for starters, we should also mention that each team in the NHL has the ability to claim Tony D'Angelo and his remaining contract up until today, Monday, at noon. I really don't think anybody's going to do that when you consider, A, this altercation that just occurred, B, the fact that Tony D'Angelo can be something of a lightning rod, and C, the fact that Tony D'Angelo has not been good at all this season, and that's putting it very, very mildly, so I really, really doubt anybody's going to step in there and say, hey, you know what, we'll we'll pick up the remaining, you know, $9 million or so uh, left on Tony D'Angelo's contract, and we'll just take him off your hands, New York Rangers, and you guys can be free of him. Yeah, I really don't see that happening, and I have no idea what the Rangers are going to do if D'Angelo clears waivers. I would imagine he's not going to play any more hockey for the Rangers. I don't know if we can say that for sure, but it'd be really hard to imagine uh, mending this bridge here, uh, given everything that's happened so far this season. I think this pretty much goes without saying, but you simply don't do what Tony D'Angelo did after this loss the other night. I mean, this is a tough enough loss as it is, and you're going to go into the tunnel and go after the goalie and get physical with the goalie. You don't do this. You don't start finger pointing. You especially don't go after your goalie after a hard loss like this. And you especially don't do it during a night, during a game where you yourself 
played like garbage. And during a season where you yourself have basically played like garbage, let's call it like it is. Tony D'Angelo has been lousy this season. He has done absolutely nothing to live up to the contract that the Rangers gave him. We'll talk about that a little bit as well as far as, you know, where this leaves the Rangers giving out a two-year, $9.6 million contract. You do that in the offseason, and then you're trying to bail just six games into the contract, and you give him that contract very well knowing that he has a checkered pass and that he is something of a ticking time bomb and that, you know, something like this could easily happen. You give him that massive of a contract extension, and then it all goes to hell six games into the first year of the deal, and then you want to bail out. So nobody looks good here. Uh, D'Angelo looks worse than anybody, but the Rangers don't come out of this smelling like roses either because, again, they enabled this to happen. They took a massive chance committing uh, this much money to a player that they knew had some serious question marks and who now they're trying to move on from, again, just six games, I mean, eight games for the Rangers, but six games for Tony D'Angelo into his new contract. Not a good situation for the Rangers, not a good look for this franchise at all. But uh, Tony D'Angelo, I mean, just way, way out of line going after the goalie after a loss like this. Again, in a game and in a season where Tony D'Angelo himself has been bad. And we don't really know the history there between Tony D'Angelo and Alex Georgiev. I mean, this is the first time I've heard of there being any kind of issues between the two of them. But according to a report from Adam Herman of Blue Shirt Banter, D'Angelo and Georgiev were apparently never really on great terms going as far back as the 2017-2018 season when they were both on the Hartford Wolfpack. What we do know is that neither Georgiev nor D'Angelo were at practice on Sunday, and it looks like Anthony Potato is going to be replacing Tony D'Angelo in the lineup tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but there's a ton to talk about here still. We are just scratching the surface a couple minutes into this episode. Uh, first of all, let's look into greater detail about how Tony D'Angelo has played this season. Through six games, D'Angelo has just one assist, and that's supposed to be his calling card, right? He's not so good in his own zone, but he can give you those offensive fireworks. He's got just one assist in the six games, and that assist actually occurred on the power play in this most recent game against the Penguins. But like I said, he was also on the ice for four of Pittsburgh's five goals on the night. He is a minus six on the season, and... He's been a defensive liability this season as well, as he has been at times during his tenure with the Rangers. Although, again, with him exploding as an offensive threat last season, I think it sort of got to the point where Ranger fans and the organization itself uh, sort of accept the fact that he might only be a mediocre defensive defenseman or even a below-average defensive defenseman if he's someone that's going to become an elite offensive defenseman as he was last year. D'Angelo was fourth in the league last year in points by a defenseman with 15 goals and 38 assists for a total of 53 points, but this year he's been a healthy scratch twice. So we had opening night. It was obviously a complete debacle for the Rangers. They just didn't show up. They lose 4-0 to the New York Islanders, and D'Angelo had a really rough night. He took something of an unnecessary holding penalty and then made the situation worse by slamming the penalty box door as he was leaving the ice, and he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for it. Now, at the time, I somewhat defended D'Angelo just because I felt like the officials had just an absolutely brutal night. There was an incident earlier in the game where D'Angelo took a slash right in front of the referee and nothing was called, so he may have been frustrated. Like, really, you're going to call me for holding after I was slashed right in front of you and you didn't call anything there? And officials don't tend to give out the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty all that freely. Officials tend to give it right back to players. I've seen enough of these shows where, you know, players are mic'd up, officials are mic'd up, the road to the winner classic. When officials catch an earful from players, they tend to just give it right back. They don't necessarily uh, 
hand out the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. But in that case, and again, we don't know what Tony D'Angelo said to the referee, but the ref did feel it necessary to hand out the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to D'Angelo. And as a result, like we said, D'Angelo, a healthy scratch the following game. Now, the Rangers won that next game, 5-0 against the Islanders, and D'Angelo was a healthy scratch for the following game after that. So two straight nights as a healthy scratch for Tony D'Angelo. David Quinn did mention that the second time that D'Angelo was a healthy scratch was no longer for disciplinary reasons. It was because the Rangers had played great and they didn't want to mess the lineup. So fair enough. Uh, they end up losing the next game to the Devils and Tony D'Angelo has been back out there ever since, but it has not gone well for him. Obviously, his play has been very poor this season, and he's nowhere near the player that he was for this team last year, and we haven't even gotten to what is, not even arguably, it is the most damning aspect for Tony D'Angelo as far as everything that's happened this season, and that is his alleged mistreatment of Keandre Miller, and I've been trying to work my way to that, but there's just so much to cover here and so many angles. Uh, we will talk about that in just a second here. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The Super Bowl is right around the corner, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code Locked On in all caps, and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag bet online. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to go back to this report from Adam Herman of Blue Shirts Banter. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I think it's also important to kind of dive back into Tony D'Angelo's past and some of the controversies that he's had uh, before this latest incident or round of incidents here with the Rangers in the early parts of this season. So for anyone who doesn't know Tony's track record, uh, he was suspended twice for abusive officials and was also suspended in juniors for violating the OHL's policy for keeping, quote, homophobic, racist, and sexist language out of the game. So fair game to say that Tony D'Angelo, this is not the first incident with Tony D'Angelo, uh, everything that happened with Alex Georgiev after the game and uh, the alleged mistreatment of Keandre Miller, which we're going to talk about in just a second here. But this report from Adam Herman of Blue Shirts Banter in his article, he mentions that three separate sources have independently claimed that Tony D'Angelo has, frankly, not been very kind to Keandre Miller this season. And according to the article, these three sources that Herman spoke to uh, did not wish to get into specific examples, but that it was bad enough that it, quote, caught the attention and ire of multiple players in the organization. Now, let me also say that this report would definitely have a little bit more credibility if someone spoke on the record. It doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that he's making things up. But I think it, it's lacking a little bit of punch, just the fact that none of these sources that Herman talked to uh, put their name to any of these uh, allegations. There's no actual quotes in the article. And again, 
doesn't mean that Herman's just making things up. I don't think that would be the case because if you're a journalist and you just make things up, there are repercussions uh, to those actions. And it's crazy because this has almost become like a subplot of everything that's happened with Tony D'Angelo. Uh, this report, you know, is it accurate? Is it inaccurate? And I don't want to present Tony D'Angelo's alleged mistreatment of Miller as 100% fact. Although I will say, when you've got three separate independent sources claiming that to be the case, that D'Angelo has indeed mistreated K. Andre Miller, uh, it's fair game to say that the evidence is at least starting to accumulate. And again, this is assuming that Herman did his homework and did indeed gather these facts from his sources. Uh, the question that inevitably comes up here, and rightfully so, is that if these allegations are true and D'Angelo has indeed mistreated K. Andre Miller this season, is it stemming from race? And we can't say that with 100% certainty either, but D'Angelo is someone who has not earned the benefit of the doubt due to everything he's done in his past, which includes the use of racial slurs. And I think this goes without saying, but racism is absolute garbage. It has no place in our society. And again, I can't say with 100% Certainty, A, that Tony has mistreated K. Andre Miller, and B, that if he has, that it was due to race. But again, when you look at his track record, it does kind of make your eyebrows go up a little bit. And again, you know, to come on here and denounce racism, we've been through all that. We've done all that. I think it's common sense that racism is absolute garbage, and it's something that holds us back as a species. There was also an incident with Keandre Miller and the first goal that he scored of his NHL career the other night against the Buffalo Sabres. So Miller scored, and D'Angelo was kind of in deep on the play. And you could see after the goal went in, uh, D'Angelo was kind of fishing the puck out of the net. And you assume, as a Ranger fan, as a hockey fan, as anybody who's ever watched this sport, that D'Angelo is getting the puck so that he can give it to Keandre Miller. Now, D'Angelo did go over to Miller. He did congratulate him after the goal. There was a rumor that... D'Angelo ended up not giving the puck to Keandre Miller and kept it away from him. That allegation, though, has seemingly been debunked. This is an update from Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. He said, Defenseman Keandre Miller's agent, as well as a Rangers source, refuted a report that his teammate Tony D'Angelo kept the puck from Miller's first NHL goal. Miller's agent Ian Pulver told ESPN, quote, It's Keandre's understanding that the New York Rangers equipment manager, or whoever is responsible for getting it, has the puck and that it's being framed like other first goals. At no time did he think otherwise, end quote. And then Wisniewski continues to say, D'Angelo was put on waivers Sunday after a, quote, minor altercation with teammate Alex Georgiev. By the way, the noon deadline has passed and no team in the NHL made a claim for Tony D'Angelo, which means the Rangers are still, I would say, stuck with him at this point. We will keep our eye on what happens next. I mean, there's a long way to go in this saga because, again, the Rangers signed him to that two-year, $9.6 million contract, and predictably, nobody took Tony D'Angelo off the Rangers' hands when they had the chance to claim him on waivers uh, here today. It should also be noted that David Quinn addressed the move that the Rangers made on Sunday and wasn't really all that specific. You know, he was kind of vague about the entire situation, but here's a couple of quotes from David Quinn after the incident with Tony D'Angelo and, of course, the Rangers subsequently uh, putting him on waivers. This is what Quinn had to say. This was a decision the organization made, and we'll see how the waiver situation plays out. And then he also mentioned that they might be able to address the incident with a little more detail, a little bit more clarity uh, after the waiver situation came and went, basically. I'm sure the Rangers, from their perspective, the smart thing to do was to say as little about it as possible because I would bet anything that the Rangers were keeping their fingers crossed and hoping and praying that one of the other 
30 teams in the NHL would claim Tony D'Angelo and just take them off their hands and they could just wash their hands of the situation and be completely done with it and move on from Tony D'Angelo. So obviously the less they say about the incident between D'Angelo and Georgiev, and I suppose Kreider too, if Kreider did indeed get involved there, uh, probably the better of a chance that they would have of a team stepping in and claiming D'Angelo on waivers. Unfortunately, as we all know, that has not happened. But Quinn also went on to say, there's always rumors. I'm not going to address rumors. This isn't about one incident. It's not about one thing. This is a situation the organization felt was best at this current time. And so, you know, I hear all that, and he claims that it's not about just one incident, which I believe because... You know, a confrontation between two teammates, if things get physical, it's obviously not ideal. It doesn't paint a very good picture for what's going on behind closed doors, but it's not completely unheard of. I mean, we've seen incidents where it happens, and keep in mind, you know, this happened in the tunnel. This did not happen on the field or on the rink in this case, but we've seen incidents where, you know, coaches punch each other on the sidelines. Uh, what was it? Kevin Gilbride and Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan punched Kevin Gilbride. Uh, there was, you know, Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent. They went at it in the dugout. Uh... Carlos Zambrano and Michael Barrett, they got into it in the Cubs dugout. Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon, that's another example in baseball. So the point I'm trying to make here is that it's not completely, you know, unheard of that two teammates can get into a fight. But I think with the Rangers, the more you, you read into these quotes from David Quinn, and obviously you look at everything that's happened with D'Angelo, we talked about his checkered past already. Uh, he may or may not have had a burner account on Twitter where he was using to basically swear at a bunch of fans. We'll get into that in just a second as well. But the bottom line, this is not an isolated incident. I don't think one physical confrontation with a teammate would be enough to get you placed on waivers. I just don't see that. So to me, this seems more like it's not one isolated incident, and rather this is the straw that broke the camel's back, that this has just been building and building, accumulating and accumulating, and now... After this happens, if you're the Rangers, you just say, you know what, enough is enough. Place this guy in waivers. Let's get him out of here. Unfortunately, like we said, nobody claimed him on waivers, so the Rangers are still stuck with him for the time being. We'll see how they look to handle it going forward. And probably in some future episodes, you know, we're still kind of discussing the incident itself on today's episode, but probably in some future episodes, we'll dive into the financial ramifications of still having Tony D'Angelo on the roster. We'll jump into the contract legalities as far as the Rangers possibly trying to terminate Tony D'Angelo's contract, although that seems like it's probably an uphill battle. We'll get into all that in a future episode, but you know, today we're going to focus strictly on the incident itself, everything that happened, and everything that the Rangers are looking at in the short term here. But the fact that Tony D'Angelo went unclaimed on waivers, and again, I realize he has not played well this season, and I realize he has a big contract, a pretty big contract, but the fact that he went completely unclaimed on waivers after being, again, the fourth leading defenseman in the NHL last season in terms of points, I think that speaks volumes about how this league views Tony D'Angelo right now. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. 
com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. Don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think we can do a proper deep dive on Tony D'Angelo and properly assess everything that's happened without talking a little bit about his social media habits, specifically on Twitter. Listen, we all know, anybody who follows him on any social media platform, uh, Tony D'Angelo can be very outspoken. On social media, he is entitled to his opinion. I want to make that clear. But my big thing here, and this is how I've felt for a long time with Tony D'Angelo and really for other celebrities and other athletes when it comes to using social media to voice their opinions. Yes, they all have freedom of speech. I do want to make that clear. However, that doesn't mean that they always need to share their opinion about everything under the sun. They do have the right to do so. But is it really healthy if you're Tony D'Angelo or any other celebrity or any other athlete to constantly go on social media and just have a bunch of arguments with a bunch of people you don't even know? I mean, what do you gain from this? How do you win here? Do you win a prize if you own somebody on social media? I don't think that you do. I, I have not been aware of, of any uh, prize system that comes with a, you know, a sick burn on social media, if you will. And in D'Angelo's case, he's a player in the National Hockey League and a member of the New York Rangers, a team that a lot of people coming into the season feeling really good about, and there are high expectations for D'Angelo coming into the season to get better defensively and to continue to produce offensively at the same clip that he did last year and live up to the massive pay raise that he received. If you're Tony D'Angelo, is the best use of your free time really to constantly be on social media arguing with and provoking a bunch of strangers and trading insults with a bunch of people you don't know and that you'll never meet? And again, it's his free time. He has freedom of speech. He's allowed to do what he wants, but that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to some of the things that you say. In recent months, he challenged a fan to a fight on social media, and he also tweeted what happened to COVID-19 after the recent election. And you guys can make of that comment what you will. Uh, But all this happened before he may or may not have created a burner account. And again, we don't know this for sure. I want to make that clear. But there does seem to be some evidence that Tony D'Angelo created a burner account on Twitter and was basically just unloading on everybody who didn't agree with him. Uh, There's a Twitter handle at NYRFan92360244. And this person may or may not be Tony D'Angelo, but it seems like whoever this is, their biggest goal on Twitter is to sing the praises of Tony D'Angelo and, you know, insult anybody who has anything negative to say about Tony D'Angelo. And there have been Twitter users who have been trying to dig up evidence to try to prove that NYR fan 92360244 is indeed Tony D'Angelo. And all of this happened after Tony D'Angelo either deleted or deactivated his official verified uh, Twitter account. Some of the greatest hits from this Twitter account, whether it's D'Angelo or not, there was a user that said, I have been a D'Angelo supporter, but he was awful tonight. And then this account responded by saying, LOL. Meanwhile, you're sitting at home on the couch. Tony is more successful than you ever will be. And then there was a tweet from Blue Shirts Breakaway that said the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, once again, the only thing stopping Tony D'Angelo from getting what he wants. And then the account that may or may not be D'Angelo responded by saying, damn, you thought you did something here. This joke is tired, bro. And then he went on to say in a separate tweet, real f***ing funny, 
Instead of taking cheap shots at a player, you should get off the couch and trying going out there yourself. Well, that's not very nice. And again, I cannot, we cannot prove beyond a shadow of a doubt 100% fact that this is Tony D'Angelo. But something that started to suggest that it might in fact be him is there were a couple of users that kind of went to work to investigate and try to, you know, oust Tony D'Angelo as the person behind this account. Uh, one of them falsely claimed to pull source code from the tweet, which would expose Tony D'Angelo's location. And then other users quickly pointed out that it was just uh, a trick from that user to try to get a reaction from the Twitter user who may or may not be Tony D'Angelo, which it did, because there were three straight responses from, again, this account that may or may not be Tony D'Angelo. Uh, the three straight responses read as follows. What the f*** is this? Followed by, you're a liar, and ending with, how did you do this? That kind of sounds like someone whose cover has been blown, even though in reality his cover was not blown. Uh, the person who claimed to have exposed Tony D'Angelo's location was just trying to provoke a reaction out of this user who may or may not have been Tony D'Angelo, and he indeed got a very heated uh, reaction from this user. Again, draw your own conclusions. We can't say for sure one way or another if this is Tony D'Angelo. Then another user uh, sent a link to him, and by clicking on this link, you can see where that person is located, and it just happened to be downtown Pittsburgh, which just happened to be where the Rangers were, you know, playing those two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins about a week or so ago. So the evidence certainly seems to be piling up that this very well could be Tony D'Angelo. Again, we cannot say with 100% certainty, but again, just bizarre behavior that he finds the need to create this burner account, if it indeed is him, and go online and just argue with a bunch of people that he'll never meet and does not know. Uh, what do you have to gain by this? And something else I just wanted to talk about today is this is why I kind of floated the idea of trading Tony D'Angelo in the offseason, because his value was never going to be higher than it was coming off of a 58-point season, again, number four in the league among defensemen. But let's just for a second here, let's take away all of his social media habits, let's take away all of D'Angelo's off-ice mistakes from the past, and let's just strictly look at Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player. And I realize with everything that's happened, uh, you know, him basically attacking Alex Georgiev after the game, it's not easy to do that right now. But let's try this. Let's actually just look at Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player. Nothing else, nothing about his personality, nothing about his off-ice habits come into play here. Let's just look at strictly the player. I'm not going to do revisionist history and come on here and start hitting my fists on the table and saying, I told you so, I told you so, because it's not like I was leading the charge to trade Tony D'Angelo in the offseason. I did float the possibility, but one point that I repeatedly made on this show that I think a lot of you guys will remember is that D'Angelo, and again, this is taking away all the extracurriculars, he's a bit of a redundant player on this New York Ranger team. And we can talk about his offensive prowess all we want, and it is nice to have defensemen who can chip in offensively, but guess what? The Rangers have several defensemen who fit that bill. There's Jacob Truba. There's Adam Fox. Apparently, there's also Keandre Miller. All three of those guys are known for being able to chip in offensively as well as play on the power play, as well as be solid defensemen in their own zone. Now, granted, with Keandre Miller, uh, we had no idea he was going to be this good this fast. And by the way, side note, Miller's very strong start to the season and the fact that he could be an early candidate for the Calder, all the more impressive by the fact that everything seems to be crumbling around him right now. You know, we can talk about how the Rangers have been in every game except for opening night, and they're not getting the breaks, they're not getting any puck luck, they've outplayed their opponents in a lot of these games, they deserve to be winning more of these games than they actually are, and all that is true to an extent, but the bottom line is, this team is not getting the job done. They've played eight games, they've got two wins, and the fact that Keandre Miller has been 
not only competent, but excelling under these tough circumstances, extremely impressive. And nothing, I realize this is setting the bar pretty low, but there is nothing that's been more encouraging for Ranger fans this season than the play of Ke'Andre Miller. But back to D'Angelo. Again, you know, something of a redundant player in that the Rangers have other defensemen who can ship in offensively. And guess what else? They're all far better defensively. These are defensemen after all. Truba, Fox, and apparently Ke'Andre Miller all far superior players right now to Tony D'Angelo, and all three of those guys can do pretty much the same thing that he can do offensively. And I also want to compare Tony D'Angelo to Ryan Strom for a second here, too, because they were in a similar situation coming into this offseason, and the Rangers were in a similar situation with both players. Each of them were coming off of career seasons, each of them were restricted free agents, but the question that lingered for both players was, are they for real? Will they continue to produce like this in the seasons coming forward? And fans were torn. Some people thought, oh, you know, Trade them, sell them high, get something for them while you can. Certain fans may be favored bringing D'Angelo back over Strom. Some fans may be favored bringing Strom back over D'Angelo. But a point that I made at the time and something that I stand by now, Ryan Strom was the more important player of the two to bring back. Now listen, Ryan Strom is not a perfect player. He has his critics, and he is off to a bit of a slow start this season. He's doing a little bit better lately. Uh, He does have two goals and an assist in his last four games. But the Rangers did end up bringing both these players back, and they both got very similar, quote-unquote, bridge deals. Uh, Ryan Strom gets two years and $9 million. Tony D'Angelo gets two years and $9.6 million. So fairly comparable contracts. But the biggest reason why I like the idea of bringing Strom back over the idea of bringing D'Angelo back is... And once again, we are we are cutting the extracurriculars out of this. We are keeping off ice baggage off of this, and we are just simply looking at them as hockey players. And again, we have several defensemen that can do the kinds of things that D'Angelo can do offensively. With Strom, the Rangers were very thin at center last season, and they're thin at center again this season. If Strom comes out of the lineup right now, and again, I realize he has his critics, I realize he is not perfect, but if Strom comes out of the lineup right now, the Rangers are a worse team. Again, he is not a perfect player, but that cannot be denied that this Ranger team is weaker if Ryan Strom is not available right now. And that's especially true after the injury to Philip Hedl. If Strom were to get injured right now, who in the world is centering the second line for this team? I mean, Brett Howden? I don't think too many Ranger fans would be too big on that idea based on some of the things that, you know, certain fans have said about him on social media. Kevin Rooney, I mean, Kevin Rooney's been great. I, I love him in the bottom six role. I think he's done a nice job on the fourth line. He was even up to the third line uh, briefly the other night. But I don't look at him as a top six forward and a guy that's going to produce a ton of points to you. So this team needed to bring back Ryan Strom, if for no other reason that they didn't have any other better options. And when you look at the free agent market as well, there were no great replacement options there either. There was no... There were really no free agent centers that I thought were A, in the Rangers' price range, and B, a better option than Ryan Strom. So to me, it made all the sense to bring back Ryan Strom. With Tony D'Angelo, I think it would have been fine to let them go. And there are reports, actually, that the Rangers were looking to trade him in the offseason and just couldn't find a taker. Now, we don't know if that's because of D'Angelo's off-ice issues or if it's because certain teams just didn't think that D'Angelo is for real this past season, a combination of the two things. But for whatever reason, the Rangers could not find a taker when it came to to trading Tony D'Angelo. So instead, they bring him back on this massive two-year, not massive, but it's a pretty high average annual value. Two years, $9.6 million, and six games into D'Angelo's next season with the team, 
Rangers already having buyer's remorse. And whereas Ryan Strom, if for no other reason than due to the position he plays and due to the Rangers being thin at that position, he's almost become indispensable for this team. While at the same time, if you lose Tony D'Angelo, if you take him off the roster right now, it might be addition by subtraction. And I can't believe I'm saying that for somebody who had 58 points last year, but it's been a pretty miserable start to the season when you look at the whole picture. And it really sucks because, you know, the Rangers, they win that game in Buffalo against the Sabres. Alexi Lafreniere in overtime uh, off of an assist from Colin Blackwell. Just a fantastic win there. Uh, the Rangers really hung in there in a game that I felt like they actually dominated and that they shouldn't have even had to deal with overtime. But they persevered. They found a way to get it done. And then you've got a home game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. You feel like you owe them some payback, and it's a team that has really, really struggled this season on the road. They had just dropped a couple of games to the Bruins. They were 0-3-1 on the road coming into that game. Everything's set up for the Rangers to have a blowout win, and instead... Uh, not only do they lose in overtime, but we get this nonsense with Tony D'Angelo attacking our goalie after the game ends. So just a complete 180. All those good vibes that we were feeling after the win against Buffalo pretty much just evaporated and things are worse than ever uh, to start the season here. So I don't know what's going to happen next with Tony D'Angelo. Uh, we're just going to wait and see how the Rangers look to handle it. And like I said earlier, I don't think this is a case of just D'Angelo attacking Georgiev because regrettable, though it may have been, it's not the kind of thing that as one isolated incident would necessarily get you kicked off of a team. To me, this is the Rangers finally being fed up with this guy. Uh, he's not worth it. He's not worth the trouble. Let's get rid of him. To that, I would say you probably should have came to that conclusion in the offseason if you were going to come to this conclusion just eight games into the next season. So again, the Rangers, they're not blameless here either. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo uh, just proving to be too much of a headache to make it worth keeping him around, especially now that his play on the ice has seemingly uh, regressed in a major way. And I realize it's only six games, but man, he has not looked good this season at all. We are going to continue to monitor this situation in the days and weeks to come. I haven't even talked about, you know, does this kind of cost David Quinn the locker room? Because he's been a disciplinarian. He's kind of trigger happy when it comes to benching people. Uh, what's going to happen? By the way, the Rangers have a game tonight. That's that's almost like the subplot here. The Rangers actually have a game at home against this very same Pittsburgh Penguins team that has beaten the Rangers in all three of their matchups this season. It's going to be very, very interesting to see which Ranger team shows up tonight. Is this the team that's going to rally behind their coach and support the decision to, to move on from Tony D'Angelo? Or are they going to be sluggish and lethargic out there uh, just with everything kind of in shambles? This is going to be a very, very interesting game to watch tonight for all those reasons. And honestly, I think this is a fair question to float out there as well. Is Tony D'Angelo ever going to play in the NHL again? You know, I would think he probably still will. Someone will take a chance. But think about it, man. This is a first-round pick who's only 25 years old, and if he ends up somewhere else, he's going to be on his fourth NHL team at the age of 25. This is assuming that someone picks him up at a certain point. Maybe the Rangers can work out a trade. You know, we'll see what happens. But he's burning bridges, and at some point, Tony D'Angelo is going to have to decide what's important. Is is roasting people on social media what's important to him? Is constantly being overly opinionated about everything what's important to him? Or is living his dream, playing in the freaking NHL, what's important to him? Tony D'Angelo is going to have to make that decision. And if he makes the wrong pick one more time, if he, if he chooses wrong once more, he might find himself out of this league, which is unbelievable to think about after the season that he had last year. But that's where we're at right now. And I, for one, if the Rangers want to move on from Tony D'Angelo... Fine by me. I mean, I just, I don't know what else to say at this point because it just seems like it's one thing after another. I've given him the benefit of the doubt at times. It seemed like a lot of his uh, really questionable behavior in the past did not necessarily follow him to the Rangers. And I'm not talking about things like taking a stupid penalty or even a controversial tweet. I'm talking about things that truly cross the line, like racial, homophobic, and sexist slurs and like abuse of officials. Those are things that really, really cross the line. And obviously attacking your goalie, yeah, that crosses the line too. So 
I thought maybe he had turned a corner, but maybe I was giving him too much credit, and uh, it's just a complete mess. I just don't even know what to say about it at this point. We'll keep our eye on this saga going forward, and hopefully the Rangers can get a win tonight because I think that could go a long way in helping them hopefully try to turn this season around because it's basically been a nightmare so far. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.